0: this week on Moms Moving On.
1: I thought to myself, wow, there's just so many women in my culture, particularly, that are suffering in silence. Yes. Or in marriages that are just so disheartening and very toxic. So if I can do it, then any woman in any culture can do it. I knew years into the marriage, like, this wasn't going to last because I was drowning. But the guilt was awful. And I was so afraid, like, what are they gonna think? What are they gonna say about me? How are they gonna feel? Oh my God, is my, is my child gonna get to play with their cousins? What if they disown me? And, and truth be told, in a lot of families, that's what happens. Yes, trust yourself for the love of God. You have to trust yourself and you have to know that the decision that you're making is right.
2: Life moves on, so why shouldn't we? This is Michelle Dempsey-Moltak, your host of Moms Moving On, navigating divorce, co-parenting, single motherhood, and moving on. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another Moms Moving On. I'm so excited to be recording today with this phenomenon of a woman I found on social media, of course, Instagram, The Great Connector. Her name is Edith Diane. She is an author and she is one of the Accounts I look to for the most inspiration now. Um, you will hear all about where to find her later on. But when I feel inspired by somebody on social media, I I kind of like jump into them like with two hands, and I'm like, "Hi, let's be friends. Let's work together. I want to pick your brain. I want to know everything about you." And I knew very early on that this was somebody that could help inspire you guys so much. Adi, thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Michelle. I'm honored. I, I truly am honored because it's a Saturday morning at 9 a.m. in, in your land. Uh, it's noon for me, so the honor is, is all mine, really. Tell us the, uh, the Adit backstory. All right. Well,
1: you guys, hi. It's
2: so nice to,
1: to meet and, and be with all of you. And my background, well, I'm, I'm a therapist, and I'm also an author. And um, I started my page around 2015, And uh, I started my page because I became a single mom around that time. I walked away from a marriage that wasn't really working out. It was really hard and difficult in all aspects. And I decided to leave and I was actually quite inspired from walking away. It was one of the hardest things I ever had to do. And so I thought to myself, wow, there's just so many women in my culture particularly that are suffering in silence Yes, or in marriages that are just so disheartening and very toxic. So if I can do it, then any woman in any culture can do it. It's just about finding that strength, inner peace, and I guess a sense of realization too, that you definitely are worth you know, living and having abundance
2: and a great life. I love so that. He, I love that. And I love that you talk about the cultural aspect of it. I think no matter what culture you come from, there's always going to be this belief or idea about divorce that is going to make you feel a little bit stuck or shamed into making the decision that you've made. But going back to walking away, Something that I run into with my clients and my followers is this, this, either they feel stuck and they can't walk away, and we can explore that word codependency in a bit, or they've walked away, but they still feel this close emotional connection that they can't break no matter how hard they try. And You shared something recently on social media about the power of walking away, and I, and I just want to hear how you advise your clients. As a therapist, to be able to do that without without feeling guilty or shameful or any of that?
1: Absolutely. That's a beautiful question. So I don't think that um, immediately when you're deciding to walk away, you're gonna feel empowered. Okay. Walking away itself, it's such a huge transition and it's such a traumatic decision. But I think that you know the the comfort of it comes from working on yourself after. So whether it's coaching, and I'm just a big fan of coaching, whether it's mentoring or even therapy, the work needs to be done after. Because truth be told, it's going to be literally impossible to work on yourself if you're in a toxic environment. It's a waste of money. It's a waste of time, most importantly, energy. So empowerment comes from walking away after that big decision that you make. And there's so much empowerment in that. But with the right person like yourself, I mean, you're pretty amazing. If a oh. person Yeah, you are. Michelle, you're amazing. So if they can come to you after that decision, they will be good. You'll be set. But that need that step needs to happen. And you know, the the working on yourself comes after.
2: I love that, that, that out. I I always I you know. The first thing you want to do when you leave a relationship is know that you're going to find somebody else. So very often women, and and I'm speaking about myself and how codependent I used to be and and my anxious attachment that whole thing. Um, I couldn't do that anymore. And I knew that if I didn't take the time to fix my shit and go back in time and sort of heal my traumas, or at least come to terms and accept them, that I would just keep snowballing and ending up in the same place time after time after time. And I love that you're saying that you need to cut off those ties because the only way to move on is to work on yourself. Absolutely. I would say therapy. There, I mean, I'm, I'm the biggest fan of therapy, but somewhere in between therapy and the legal process of divorce lies the coach who can help you with all of it. So thank you for pointing that out. No,
1: absolutely. I think both do such tremendous work. And if you can get both,
2: you're gold. Yeah. You're solid. Yeah. You made it. <laughs> <laughs> you made it well you're also in good hands i mean nobody understands the process quite like somebody who's lived it so you know if you're going to be focusing on walking away and looking forward instead of getting pulled back into all of your ex's negativity and toxicity you need somebody to hold your hand through it for sure
1: oh you brought that up because here's here's one thing um walking away it is as we stated it's such a big decision because it impacts not only you but the family dynamic right the family system there's if, especially if there's children involved and especially if there's religion and culture i mean if we're going and diving into culture if one person gets divorced the entire generation of people gets divorced i mean that's how intense it could be for some cultures so I think one of the most important things is, I mean, we're not necessarily telling you to drop everything and run. You have to have a sense of plan in order, right? And one, one of the most important things is support system, okay? So when we say walk away, beautiful, do it if it's harming you psychologically and physically. However, have a safety plan intact. So safe people. Your coach is your safe person, a good resource. Your therapist is a good resource. Friends are good resources. So make sure you have that support system so that it's easier, the transition's easier, and the working on yourself is easier. Because truth be told, it's really hard to, to overcome difficulties and, and such a big adjustment on your own. Oh, you need not- a good right I mean, I mean i'm all about independence and empowerment and which i mean it's, it's reality women are incredibly strong but there comes a sense of loneliness with that walking away mm-hmm. and you want to be supported mentally so get your resources and your support system before any type of decision even a church if, you know some people say i don't have friends i don't have family members but there's different groups there's what? How many billion people on the planet? Like seven point something right now, right? You have connections and you
2: can make connections. There's no way you're connected to someone. You have to go out and do a little bit of the work. And for me, I mean, I, I can relate to what you said. You walk away and I always I always write about how I felt all alone on Divorced Island because even though my mom had been through divorce and was a great source of strength, the people I spent my time with day in and day out were still kind of in their honeymoon phase and pregnant with their second children and i was always like i wanted to vent about what i was going through but i knew no, nobody would understand and that's where i felt compelled to start putting my story out there so other women would be like me too you know and and create this movement but there really is power in having perspective and somebody who's already been through it in and can tell you yes of course you're allowed to cry about this that part sucks but here's what happens when you get past that part and i think you know walking away and being an independent woman does not mean you don't need anybody's help like true independence and strength comes from knowing when to ask for help
1: yes i love that and i i'll kind of comment on on that because I mean, your page is all about empowerment and women coming together. And my page is all about that too, right? Like we're, we provide such tremendous support. And I've noticed, Michelle, sometimes women connect to each other through the comments. Oh, yeah.
2: It's beautiful.
1: <laughs> I love it. And if you are lonely and if you are experiencing loneliness or even if you feel alone, because those two are different, right? Go and comment on someone's reply Yeah. or comment. And instantly you're like, oh my God, girlfriend. Yes, yeah. I,
2: I see it. I see people giving I, each other advice on my posts and I, and I love it. That's why I created the membership community because we there have this group chat going where the women are just venting to each other all day and it's so therapeutic.
1: It is so needed. It is yeah. so needed. Guys, you're, you're not alone. All right.
2: You're not alone. So walking away, let's talk, let's go back to your walking away. So you had the added stress of the cultural shame you were receiving for anyone who's listening, who feels that, you know, and I have clients of different cultures who, who get it no matter where they come from. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, their parents are married 70 years despite affairs and unhappiness, but that's just what you do. You stay married. Now we're challenging that. So how did you handle the stress of your family projecting their beliefs onto you as you walked away? it's so funny. Um,
1: let me just throw out a comment. I was watching sex in the city,
2: Ah, the best,
1: the best. And Carrie had sent something about, you know, when you're single, you're automatically the enemy, the enemy of all people. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this is so true because I, I got divorced 2015 and immediately I was the outcast. Mm -hmm. The sheep, and I'm, I'm, it was just shocking that my culture. I mean, it's such a beautiful culture, a but culture. I'm Armenian.
2: Armenian, okay.
1: Yes, I mean, our. I mean, we have such amazing values and morals. I mean, it's amazing. I love it. Mm-hmm. But the divorce, it's so difficult. So for me, I knew years. that into the marriage, like this wasn't going to last because I was drowning, but the guilt was awful. And I was so afraid, like, what are they going to think? What are they going to say about me? How are they going to feel? Oh my God, is my, is my child going to get to play with their cousins? What if they disown me? And, and truth be told in a lot of families, that's what happens. Yes. All right. So when I say that support system, if you don't have from a family, it's okay. You can reach out to, to other areas of life. That's what I mean. There's definitely, you know, other resources, but for me, lucky for me, my parents were very supportive. I got, I got blessed with good parents. So I was, I was very lucky to have parents that supported me that pushed me. Yes, to it. And they, you know, they were very supportive in a sense of go back and get your education. Yeah. So if yeah. it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today. So Thank you, mom and dad, for that. But yeah. uh, I, I was lucky, but it was the most difficult decision I'd ever have to make because I was a kid with a kid.
2: How old were you when you got separated?
1: Uh, 24, 25. Wow, young lady. Yeah. I yeah, and I was with a year-old child, and here You're I am with thirty now.
2: You're still a baby. Jealous. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, Michelle, stop. <laughs>
2: three years away from 40, honey. Uh, anyway.
1: Look fabulous.
2: But you know what I love? I love that because, well, not that I love that you got divorced, but it used to be women hit their late 40s and their marriages fell apart. Now there's this incredible rise in divorces in, in the twenty, the ages from 25 to 39. That's the new divorce demographic. And I love it because I know the power of being young enough to work on yourself, harness your strength, move forward. Your kids are young enough at that point where they can reap the benefits of your strength. So we've moved into this new like world of modern divorce and we're all living it and, and living to tell ladies for those of you who feel you'll never come out of it, but
1: I promise they will. They will. Yeah,
2: yeah you know, problems. it's it's all a matter of a perspective shift. So maybe you can help us with that. You know, you you come out you have to break the chains. You have to focus on working on yourself. You have to take care of your kids. You have to quiet the noise of your family. You have to find your support system. And then you also have to find the strength to keep going on the darkest, darkest, darkest of days. There's a lot at stake. You have a lot to deal with. So how do you advise people to make it through those darker, more difficult days? How did you do it? That's a great question. I think for me, and I can just speak from a personal
1: perspective that I surrendered. (laughs) I literally sat down one day and I said to myself, This is where you're at right now. No need to live in the past because it's history. Mm -hmm. You cannot control the future because it's a mystery. So be present. It is what it is. You're in pain, you're struggling everything's a hot mess. Everything's unorganized. Your life's a complete disaster right now. And it's okay. So I got out a planner.
2: <laughs> I love this.
1: I got out a planner and I started literally jotting down all my racing thoughts.
2: Oh my God, this is what I advise people to do all the time. Thank you, please. Thank Very you. smart.
1: of Yes. And um, I started jotting down all my racing thoughts and I started writing down all my anxieties and the anxieties and the worries that I had were everything that I needed to do to get my life organized. So I started writing down from most important, which is a high anxiety provoking to not so important, which are at least anxiety provoking. I mean, everything we have to do is important, but we organize what's priority. And that's how i dealt with life and the first thing that i wrote down was sanity of my child mental health of my child so i started you know i i hired a therapist i hired myself a therapist and a coach that's number one the second thing i had to do is apply to school so i did that third thing i had to do is look for a place so i did that so you see i surrendered it was easier for me because then i knew that i had no control I knew that these things were happening and I had to be okay with it. I think it becomes an issue and we become in this depression spiral and everything snowballs after that is because we don't want to accept that right. it, these things have taken place. Right. And the hardest thing to accept. So you have to come to terms with whatever's happening is happening and then move forward
2: from that. Right. You have to... you. You know, one of my favorite pieces of advice, like when I'm working with a client and now obviously everything is on Zoom, she'll start to cry and she'll say, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm crying. I feel so stupid. And I'm like, wait a second, hold on. Are you are you human? Do you have a heart? Do you have emotions? You're allowed to cry in this process. And anytime you tell yourself you can't and you try to ignore that, you're pushing yourself back into the pain without realizing it. You have to get it out and exercise the demons, as I like to say. But the writing is something, every time a client signs up with me, the first thing they get in the mail is a journal, because those things that you're saying, like listing those goals, sanity for my child, the day that you cannot put one foot in front of the other and you just want to lay down in bed and cry, that's when you take out that journal and see what you've committed to. I've committed to yes. the sanity of my child, so I have to force myself out of this space. I'm going to own it. I'm going to cry. Set a timer, and then I'm done with it for today because we've got things to do. And yes. and it Harvard research. There's excess research on on the power of journaling and what it does to your mind. It actually forces a perspective shift, and so it's so uh, powerful. I'm so glad you brought that up.
1: And and thus being the reason why I actually published my journal. Okay, so this was years of research, years of research, years of working with women who are, uh, you know, in a process of divorce. And I said to myself, okay, what are we going to do to help these women struggling? Because it's a lot. And I started, you know, creating prompts, prompts about birth, lifestyle, relationships, marriage, happy or sad. And there it was.
0: So yes
1: is effective and it's your safe space. It's your best friend, somebody who can never turn on you, somebody who can never, you know, go out there and share your secrets. You find a true peaceful world in books and journals.
2: Absolutely.
1: And it's the most beautiful thing in the world. If you can discipline yourself, because it does take discipline.
2: It has to become a daily practice. And that's why I always say first thing in the morning, when you wake up and you're hit with that like, you know, you wake up after a dream and you're like, was that real? Was that fake? What happened? You, when you get divorced, inevitably, the first couple of months, you're going to wake up and be like, oh, shit, I'm going through a divorce. That's, is when, this- you the, that's when you grab the journal mm. and write it all out. Or if you can't fall asleep at night because all of the anxieties of single motherhood are running through your brain, you do it then too. It is so calming and it just kind of helps you like acknowledge the worries, physically get them out of your mind and then you can put yourself to sleep or go about your day 100% cuz we do i mean all mothers have racing thoughts yeah we all do this
1: worry and so much going on so yes absolutely
2: hey guys michelle here i hope you are loving this episode as much as i am we'll be back with more but first a word from our sponsor
0: Divorce is never easy, and when children are in the picture, it can be extra tricky, especially when communicating with your ex is a challenge. Now there's an app with you and your kids in mind. It's called FAIR, F-A-Y-R. FAIR is the easiest, most intuitive, and conflict diffusing co-parenting app on the market. FAIR helps eliminate misunderstandings while also improving communication between co-parents. In the long run, creating a loving environment for your kids. Here's what you can do on the FAIR app. There's a time-sharing calendar to track custody, exchange days and never forget those special events, documentable text messaging, and an expense tracker so both parents can add and monitor expenses, track receipts, and add notes. GPS check-in, that's a court-verifiable way to document your presence at all GPS-verified locations, a monthly parenting report to download with your details, a private journal to take notes, add photos, and screenshots. A file vault to keep your records, photos, and documents organized and in one place. The opportunity to export all of your records into a convenient time and date stamped PDF when you need documentation for legal matters. And there's a Spanish version of the app as well. FAIR allows you to experience co-parenting in a totally new way. Simply, inexpensively, transparently, and fairly. Lose the he said, she said, and be the best parent you can be. B F A Y R FAIR. Subscribe at BeFair.com. That's B-E-F-A-Y-R.com. And then download FAIR from the App Store or Google Play. Go to FAIR.com for more details. Don't forget to use the code MICHELLE to save 20% off the cost of the app.
2: So you're now five years out from your divorce journey. Tell us how life has changed for the better for you.
1: Life has become so peaceful and it's just, I don't need, I get asked that question. I don't even know how to put it in words because things are just so amazing. I think I can just say that things are just amazing and they're getting better and better and better. The more I'm learning about myself, I am so thankful that I left.
2: I'm thankful you did too. To be able I am, to do that with such conviction is, is a powerful thing.
1: Absolutely. And was it failure? Yeah. Am I happy? Heck yeah. Would I change it? Go back and fix things? No. I, I I'm happy I got depressed.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm happy I, I left. I'm happy that i I learned from those experiences and I would not change them for anything. What is anything? Because who I am today.
2: Good. What is your co-parenting relationship like?
1: honestly it is amazing it, really? took, um, it took it took so much work Michelle but you know what therapy school trained the heck out of me oh, sure. <laughs> it trained me to be such an amazing communicator and how to kind of I don't want to say like change the perspective of the person that you're co-parenting with, but I strongly believe you guys, and I'm, I, I try to promote this as much as possible. You can't change people. You can't change your ex-husband, but you can change yourself, and you can see a shift in the dynamic and the relationship if you change yourself. That's, that's because the goal. It is gold, and it's the goal, and it's because you become
2: less reactive, and you become more responsive. And the less reactive you are, the less confrontation. That's what everybody's so scared of is, why is my ex consistently trying to pull me into this, you know, confrontation? He wants to fight. He wants to fight. He wants to fight. Well, if you don't fight back, the dog will eventually give up, you know... Begging for the treat,
1: absolutely, and it's about you know everybody has pain in the body. You know, it's not physical pain, but everybody has emotional pain in the body, and and this is what I mean by like working on yourself and studying and reading and educating yourself that you learn about different pains and and different bodies that even your ex husband has pain in the body, and it's a lot of pain from the past. Yes. What happens is that he wants to suck you in in that toxic argument, and, and your body reacts to that. Your pain in the body reacts to that. So you have to learn to respond. It's the best way. Like you have to detach yourself from the problem. The, the, as soon as you attach yourself to that argument and you identify yourself with that problem, then you become that argument. Sucked in. Yes. So it's really important to kind of always remind yourself. And I I love giving my clients like a little rubber band they can put on their wrist. So every time they feel that toxic, like, Oh my God, I'm going to react. I'm going to react. This is intense. Just snap that rubber band. It'll ground you so that you're more responsive. Like, Oh, I totally, you know, one way I, I respond is I totally understand why you're angry. Just give me a minute or two and I'll respond and then I'll take 10, 15 minutes And then I'll come back with the more like calmer response versus immediately reacting. Like, I think we just feel attacked a lot. A lot of the times we feel attacked because we identify with the attack.
2: Like we feel one. Right. Right. And we feel also compelled to defend ourselves. Like I, I get texts sometimes that seem like an attack on me. I know a lot of it it is a projection, but in that moment, I'm like, do I really need to defend myself? Like, If I do, that means I'm acknowledging that what he's saying could be true. Absolutely. Um, so I either don't respond, which is the, my tried and true way of setting a boundary and saying, this is not an argument for you, me. You need to take your emotions elsewhere. Um, and I also advise the same thing with when, when you're going through the divorce process and you get a response from your attorney that your ex's attorney wants X, Y, and Z, and you feel all this trigger, you're so emotionally compelled to just fire back right away. And I always say, walk away. Like mm-hmm. not, not every email or threat or negotiation is what the rest of your life is going to be. None of that will come to fruition if you wanted to. So walk away, take a deep breath. All of this like goes back to walking away, like let them go. <laughs> it is, is not,
1: it, it, you know, it's a personal problem. When they come at you, it's a personal problem. I mean, if you really think about it, most of the attacks that happen aren't even about the wealth and the health of kids, never or are. or you. They never are. It, it's always about what you're doing something wrong. Oh. My child said this and this is it. Are you, your family and I are, you know, you guys are sitting down, you're talking about this problem. My son's hearing it or my daughter's hearing it. It's always a personal attack. So remove yourself, detach, detach, learn to respond and walk away too. Why not? Is it easy, Michelle?
2: No. No, that I know because I also, I'm human. I have my moments. And while I've come a really long way, there are always going to be times where, I'm over-emotional or over-sensitive and I feel triggered again, but I I never give it the time that I would have three years ago. Um, Okay. Speaking of time, we don't want to run out of it, but we do want to know what is your biggest piece of advice for any woman on the brink of walking away?
1: Know that you're making the right decision. Don't doubt yourself. Very good. that doubt is, that's crucial, man. It it takes you down. Yes. You know you need to trust yourself. Women, beautiful women out there in the world that are listening to this, trust yourself for the love of God. You have to trust yourself and you have to know that the decision that you're making is
2: right. That's it. There's no room for self-doubt when your gut oh. tells you otherwise. No. Absolutely. Because right there, I was going to ask you, we always end with a quote, but I feel like that is the quote, no doubt, (laughs) literally have no self-doubt, trust yourself, just keep going. Mm -hmm. You're walking away. Good for you. (laughs) I am so glad we finally made this happen. I am. Where can everybody find you and especially your book?
1: My book is on Amazon, actually. It's called Memoirs of a Mother. So it's beautiful, and um, that's on Amazon. And you can find it either, you can type my name, Edith Alaverdian, or you can type in Memoirs of a Mother, it'll pop up. And you can find me on Instagram, um, Edith Alaverdian.
2: I am going to link all of this in the description of this episode. I highly suggest you go click those links and get to know this woman. I'm certainly glad that I did. Um, There is power in coming together and collaborating with beautiful people like you. So thank you for your time today. And for everybody else, thank you for listening. I hope you found some strength today and continue about your day feeling empowered. You got this. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Moms Moving On.